Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. This evening, um, but so I, I'm Michael, as Gabe said, I'm on staff here at, uh, at Life Changes, and it's just such a privilege uh, to uh, preach tonight, it's such a privilege to speak to you guys, and uh, just there's something burning on my heart, but uh, before we get to that, I just want to introduce myself, uh, tell you a little bit about me, and uh, so most of the preachers here, they either have wives or babies, and they show pictures of those on the screen, I have neither, um, so I thought I would show my baby picture. If you could just put it up. There we go. Um, I just thought that I would uh, show. Uh, apparently, I came second in a modeling contest uh, when I was a young uh, babe. Uh, was in my sailor outfit. So you can see, I don't know what happened, but uh, God is still with me, I believe. Um, but uh, I came here, and I just want to thank you so much, because that's actually not me. That's Brad Pitt. So thank you for the support, guys. That has helped me to just... Just trust that tonight will go up. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not me. Um, but just a little bit about me. I um, started my. Um, I, st- I started out and I did um, my honors in English uh, literature and language. And so I hated books when it when I was at school. I hated reading uh, completely. But then I, I kind of fell in love with it, and I fell in love with stories, especially because uh, it's just like this character. And you get to know a bit about them. You get to know a bit about their life. And you can relate to that character because things that happen in books, things that happen in novels, there's something about each and every one of those people that is a little bit relatable to you and I. Um, I believe that life is just like a collation, a collaboration of just stories. Everyday experiences with one another, everyday experiences with friends, with family. And uh, we get to be a part of stories. So... Tonight, I just actually want to look at one character in the Bible, a a guy named uh, Moses, young Mo, the prince of Egypt, and it's one of my favorite stories. I watched that movie probably like 40 times um, uh, throughout my life. I love the score, and I I sing in uh, Hebrew every time with the little kids on the screen, Um, but I really love it, Uh, but not just because it's a great movie, but because Moses encapsulates something for me that is quite profound, and he encapsulates trust for me. And uh, tonight, I'm going to be speaking on what it means or what it looks like to trust God in every situation. And the title of my preach tonight is Trust Me. Not trust me, but trust me. Okay, so tonight, and we all know what trust looks like. So we trust every day. We trust that we have left our keys in the same place as we normally do. We trust that our car will start We trust that if we are from Joburg, that our friends will arrive on time. If we're from Cape Town, we trust that they won't arrive on time and we plan accordingly. But we know trust. So every moment in our lives has trust in the center. We trust people and we want people to trust us. So tonight, just before we get started, there's one verse that I feel encapsulates this whole thing, and it's in Psalm 9, verse 10, and it says this, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And even though tonight, whatever situation you may find yourself in, I truly believe that at the heart of breakthrough, at the heart of faith, at the heart of everything, is trusting in God and who He is for you in every moment. 
So trust is this weird concept which we're all familiar with, but which we maybe struggle sometimes. I know I do, trusting in God. And we all have had that moment where we've heard those words, trust me. We've heard those words, trust me. I don't know about you, but if you hear the words uh, from a friend, it sh- sends shivers down my spine. I want to run in the opposite direction. Whenever a friend tells me, let's do this thing, trust me, it will be all right. There's a flight or fight response in me, a deep survival instinct, which says, no, all 64 kilos of me just wants to bolt in the opposite direction. And when I say bolt, it's more like a gallop, but I want to get out of there. Trust me is one of those moments which just stirs something deep inside my heart. And it it came from a particular moment in my life. It came from a moment, and uh, the the friend who is in the heart of this moment is here tonight. Um, But I want to just tell you a bit about this. It happened before my matric Afrikaans final. And uh, two of my friends and I, we decided that we would have a group study as one does. Uh, It had less studying and more series than a study. But um, uh, we had a group study before our matric Afrikaans final. And after half an hour of realizing this was going nowhere, we decided to go on a drive around the neighborhood. So this was at around 9 p.m. at night. So we went, uh, we drove around Bloberg, and we eventually ended up at On the Rocks on the beachfront. So for those who don't know where On the Rocks is, it's just before Small Bay. And uh, there's a car park. And then there's these jagged rocks which jut out into the ocean. And it's great during the daytime to sit in your car and look at the picturesque mountain and to reminisce about life and old times and maybe chat on your cell phone while the wind's blowing and looking at that beautiful mountain which we have as Cape Tonians. But it's not so great when it is 10 o'clock at night and one of your friends says, you know what would be a great idea? If we went out on the rocks at the point so that we can experience the sea air. And, and when I say, no, that is a stupid idea, those words start brewing in his heart saying, trust me, it will be all right. At that moment, you have a choice in life. Do you, do you heed those words. Do you listen to your friend? Knowledge. Oh, he's a great guy. He will never lead me astray. Or do you, do you maybe listen to that little instinct in your heart that says, run? I didn't listen to that instinct. I followed my friend. And as we uh, traipsed onto this embankment of rocks, it was, a bit, uh, it was a bit rocky. It was a bit edgy. It was uneven. I didn't know where to step. I didn't know where to go. It was dark. Uh, I'm blind as a bat during the daytime. So at 10 o'clock at night, there's no hope. Um, but he said, no, don't worry. There's no ways whatsoever. Just trust me. Follow me. So my friend and I followed him, and uh, we went onto the rocks, onto at the edge, at the water's edge. And we could uh, uh, see the water pooling by our feet, um, but it was fine. It was a beautiful night. It was calm. Um, there was just a, a slight breeze in the air. You could smell the ocean. It was beautiful. Um, and we just we chatted for a bit. And I turned around for some unknown reason. I don't know why I turned around at that moment. But as I turned around, I just heard a moan behind me. And it was one of those guttural moans from deep inside you that you can't explain. It sounded like an animal slowly dying in the distance. But um, I I heard this moan, and all of a sudden, I see this wave 
just start appearing. And it's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, no, this is fine. It's just a small wave until it's getting higher and higher. And I'm around six foot. And the wave is quite above me. Um, And I realized that this will end poorly. (laughs) So at that moment, I don't know what to do. I see this wave and my friend is, both friends just look at each other and start running. So the one friend who is Jason uh, decides to, uh, sorry mate, sorry mate. Uh, The one friend who is Jason starts running, but then decides that no, this is going, not going to end up. So he just ducks under the wave and it crashes over him. The other friend starts running with me right beside me. Then he disappears out of my sight and he just stops and gets hit by the wave. And I am determined not to get hit by this wave. I'm determined even on this uneven, edgy surface to not get wet. So I run, I run, and I'm so proud of myself. You can hear the chariots of fire in the background. I've become an Olympic athlete with my giraffe-like legs, on this rocky surface, I managed to not get wet by the wave. Until, I don't get wet by the wave, but I don't look where I'm running to, and I end up in a rock pool. I am more wet than the people that got hit by the wave. And now it's around 10 o'clock, and I am completely soaked, filled with sand in every crevice. I'm sorry for that image, but... um, but I am filled with, uh, I'm completely soaked. And I don't know why I listened to those words, trust me. Tonight, I want to say that wherever we are, sometimes when it comes to trust, when it comes to trust in situations, when it comes to trust in people, sometimes we don't know where to run or who to listen to. We don't know when uh, there's a situation and we're wanting breakthrough and we're wanting uh, to see God work in that situation, but then we we listen to that instinct inside ourselves. We listen to that instinct that says, no, you know better. You can run by yourself. You know a path. So often we do that, but it always ends up in mess and chaos. It always ends up with us just getting a little bit more wet, a little bit more hurt, a little bit more damage than if we just stayed and listened to God. So tonight, with that in mind, I, just, I would love to... Uh, pray for us, but first I want to just read from Exodus 3, 7 to 14, and it's, it's um, with Moses and the burning bush, because I completely believe that when it comes to this trust thing, Moses understood something, even in his ignorance, even in his naivety of not completely grasping everything, there was still something there when it comes to trust. So uh, the scripture is going to come up on the screen, and can I ask us to stand uh, as we read scripture, year life changes, we believe that we're not just spectators, but we're participators in the gospel. So I'm going to read it, and you can follow along on the screen. And it says this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. 
And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Can we pray? Dear Lord, I just want to pray that you stir something inside of our hearts tonight, Lord, that you open up something that deep inside of us, that when whatever situation we're facing, whatever situation that we find ourselves in, Lord, that you are in everything, you are of everything, and you are in control, Lord, and that you are wanting people to cry out to you, you are wanting people to reach out to you because you are the God of gods, you are our Father in heaven, and you want to lay down a solid foundation for us, Lord. pray this in your name. Amen. You guys can be seated. You already are. So just uh, turn to someone uh, around you. Just say, just say a friendly hello. Someone that you don't normally uh, associate with. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Awesome, awesome. So this uh, story of Moses is one of my absolute favorites. Um, because it takes this character, Moses, and uh, we know him as the prince of Egypt um, from the, the Disney movie, but then we also know what he's going to become. He's going to become this guy who leads the Israelites out of Egypt, who leads them uh, through the Red Sea, parts the Red Sea, who leads them into this land, and eventually um, Moses actually hits a rock three times, gets frustrated with God, and never actually makes the promised land. But he leads the Israelites out of slavery, from shackles, from oppression in Egypt. But before that, Moses was uh, cast into the Nile River. He was cast into the Nile River as a baby because Pharaoh was killing all the uh, male babies. He was casting them into the river. But Moses was saved in a basket, and he eventually uh, was met by Pharaoh's daughter. And she raised him as his own, and he became this prince of Egypt. But there was something deep inside of his heart that just... He just wasn't settled with. He just couldn't come to grips that the uh, Israelite people were being oppressed, that they were in slavery, that they were being um, they were being oppressed, and they were suffering, pain, hurt every day. And this led him to eventually strike one of the Egyptian officials, one of the Egyptian slave drivers, and he killed him. He struck the man and he buried him in the sand. And eventually he fled. He fled the country because there was so much shame. He fled the country because he didn't know what they would do. Pharaoh was angry and he didn't know what the outcome would be. So he fled and for 40 years he lived in the wilderness and he tended to a flock of sheep which wasn't even his own. It was his father-in-law's Jethro's. And from the prince of Egypt, this this um, uh, banner of esteem, of uh, affluence, of wealth, of luxury, he becomes a lowly shepherd, not even tending to his own flock. And there's this picture of grace in this moment. And um, when uh, Moses encounters this, encounters this burning bush, he encounters the very presence of God. And he now finds himself talking to a burning bush. And the first point I want to make tonight is, trust me, we focus on the wrong thing. I don't know if you've seen a burning bush lately um, that hasn't been consumed, but I can imagine 
in Moses' shoes, I would have checked that I hadn't just drunken a bit too much wine or been with the sheep a bit too long. Because if I see a burning bush that doesn't, isn't consuming itself, I'm, my initial reaction isn't going to walk towards it. Let's find out if this is God. But this is what Moses does. And in that moment, it's, it's, a, it's a weird encounter, but uh, Moses goes to this and he realizes that this is the very presence of God. And he asks God uh, who he is, who are you? And God says that I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham. And in that moment, God tells him who he is and he identifies with Moses through a name. But in that moment, even though God told Moses who he was, Moses still focused on the wrong thing. Moses still focused on his lack. See, in that moment when uh, he encountered the burning bush, and God said, I'm going to use you, I'm going to use you to free the uh, Israelites out of slavery, Moses said these words, but who am I to do that? See, now Moses is talking to this burning bush. He's encountering God. He's encountering the very presence of God. But then he doesn't focus on him. He focuses on himself. I think so often, and myself too, I I get stuck into everyday life. I get stuck into a situation. I'm faced with a situation which is just overwhelming. I'm faced with uh, financial pressures or whatever it may be. We may be faced with divorce. We may be faced with depression, addiction. And we always just focus on ourselves. How can I do this? How can I get through this? How can I do something that will change my situation? How can I do something that will just bring some restoration to this? But in this moment, God is saying, no, don't focus on you. Don't focus on your lack, what you don't have. Look up. Look at me. We so often focus on the wrong thing. And maybe you're not even a believer yet tonight. Maybe you, don't, you haven't put your trust in God yet. You're saying, no, I don't completely understand this thing. I don't un- completely understand why I would put my trust into something I can't see. Why I would put my trust into a voice which is speaking, but I don't completely understand who he is. Or maybe life is r- hectic right now. Maybe you're in a situation, I don't know what it is, but maybe in a situation where you are just hoping and praying for breakthrough. You're just hoping that something would give, that something would change, that every day has been tough, every day has been hectic, but you're just hoping that something would eventually break, and you don't know what, and you've been trying to do it yourself, you've been trying to go on your own uh, works, you've been trying to go at your own pace, but it's just not working. I want to say tonight that when we cast our eyes away from who we are in our lack, and cast our eyes to who He is, that is when we will see breakthrough. That is when we will see chains broken and a whole nation come to freedom. I want to say that there's so many times in my life when I focus on the wrong thing, when I focus on my own anxieties, when I focus on the voices of others, when I focus on what my friends think or what others think or what my staff members think of me, that I focus on my lack, that I don't have great finances, or that I'm not the perfect person. But when I say that, when we focus on that thing, God says, no, we will lead you into a spacious place filled with freedom. Focus on me. Trust in me. I will lead you to this. And trust looks like running towards him, choosing him over choosing yourself in that situation. 
This leads me to the next point. One, trust me, we focus on the wrong thing. Two, trust me, it's not about you. This has been one of the most freeing things in my life is when I realize that it's actually not about me. <laughs> um, I love, so as I said, I love narratives and I love stories. And um, oh, part of my English background is we looked at main characters and we looked at great characters throughout history and what they all have in common. And they all have this thing is that they thought that they were the great hero of the story. They thought that they were this person. And there's this thing called the tragic hero where they eventually just fall into tragedy and like um, just harm and danger because they think that they have it all figured out. And I want to say tonight that in our lives, even in daily experience, we are not the main characters of our story. See, when Moses is presented with the thought of going back to Egypt, he's, he has this moment. He's like, what are you smoking, God? I killed a man. I killed a man, hid him in the sand, and I fled. You now want me to go back to the place where that happened. What are you? Look at me. Look at Moses. Look at Moses, and you want to use this guy. I've been tending sheep. I'm smelly. I don't know what to do. And I can't really speak to people. You want to use me. Who am I that you can use me? So often in life, we disqualify ourselves before we even allow God to work. It's in that moment that Moses says to God, who am I? And he used to be this prince of Egypt. He used to be this guy of such high esteem. And now he's this lowly shepherd. And he's focusing on that. He's focusing on his qualification. He's focusing on his stature. He's focusing on his size when it comes to other people. But so often when we focus on our size, when we focus on what we don't have, we start to look down. We start to focus. I can't speak in front of people. No, if I do this, how would my wife think of me? If I do this, I've just sinned one too many times. I cannot come to church. I just, I've fallen back into addiction. When we focus on those things, we get smaller and smaller and smaller, and the world gets bigger and bigger around us, and we're on that rocky surface, and a wave is coming, and we don't know what to do, but God is saying, don't focus on your size, focus on mine. When we focus on Him, that's when we will see breakthrough. When we focus on Him in the midst of that rocky surface, in the midst of that wave hurtling towards us, that's when we will see breakthrough happen in our lives. Moses was in the very presence of God, and he didn't understand what God was asking of him. He didn't understand what God was saying. That is not about him. It's about God. And the reason that I chose this tonight is that I do this so often in life, that I get anxious. I, I get anxious about situations because I think that it has to be by my own ability that I have to uh, create something. It has to be my own ability that something will come to fruition. But I focus on that thing, and I don't focus on what God is doing through me at that moment. See, God is with us every step of the way. Every part of Moses' journey, God was there. God was there in the beginning when Moses was in the basket. God was there when Moses struck the man. God was there when Moses was tending to the flock. And what does God say? God says, I am patient. I know what you are going to become through me. It says this, that God knows our past, and he says this, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, 
you will worship God on this mountain. God knew exactly what the outcome was going to be. God knew exactly that Moses would one day worship him, that this was going to come to fruition, that the Israelites would be freed from slavery. God knew that already. God knows exactly where your heart is tonight. God knows that you've messed up. God knows that maybe I've messed up yesterday, that I will mess up in a week, that I may fall back into sin, temptation, that we always default to smallness. But God says, I will still use you because it's not about you. It's about me. God knows where we're at, but he also knows what we're going to become. And he's saying, trust me, because I am a God who is in all of it, of all of it. Number one, we focus on the wrong things. Number two, it's not about us. And number three, it's all about him. See, in this moment, Moses still wasn't completely able to trust God. He wasn't completely able to understand what God was saying to him. Um, But at the very heart of trusting God, of trusting every day, is this thing about knowing who God is. See, the reason why I trusted Jason in that moment is because I knew who he was and I knew things about him. And the reason that we trust people is because we know things about them. Trust is more than just... uh, uh, an acquaintance, more than just a, a sum of parts that Gabe has a jacket and he has red hair, so maybe he's a bit weird. No. It trust. <laughs> the reason I trust Gabe is because I've seen him in work. I've seen him in situations. I've seen him when the enemy is shouting. I've seen him when there's a wave standing against him. And I've seen how he's acted. I know how he's going to act. I know who he is. See, the reason why I struggle to trust God sometimes is because I don't know who He is. I don't know what my Father in heaven is like. Every day, every step of the way, I don't know that He's my provider. I don't know that He's my sustenance. I don't know that He's my abundance in every situation. See, Moses Moses didn't completely understand this. He didn't completely understand who God was. Until God said these words. When God said the words, I am who I am, it seems like a nonsensical statement. It seems like something which doesn't make sense in the slightest. For years, I had read this, and I, I thought that this was just one of those absurd statements in the Bible that was supposed to get your attention. But I am who I am is something so much more than just a nonsensical statement. It's the very essence of who God is for us every day. See, I am who I am means this, is that it is the immutable nature of God. And immutable is that God never changes. See, this thing that God never changes means that God can never be more or less God. He can never be more or less perfect. If there's an equation, at the beginning it would be God, and it can't end with anything other than Him. See, God is of all things, He's in all things, and He's in the beginning of time, He's at the end of time, and He's of everything in this universe. He's the creator of the uh, heavens and earth. He is the God who is and is Sorry, was and is and is to come. He is I am. And when we realize that I am 
I am wants to be in our story. I am wants to be with us. I am was with Moses. And he said, I will walk with you. I will be with you. And I will qualify you so that you can lead people to freedom. It is that very God, the very God that was with Moses, that is with each and every one of us tonight. And he's saying, trust me. Trust me when there's financial pressures. Trust me when your marriage is rocky. Trust me when it seems like there is no hope. Because he is, I am. He is a God that is in every moment. And he is fashioning it for his glory. See, just as God provided through Moses' lack, so does he in our lack. There is never a time that God is not there. Part of this I am is that he becomes. He becomes your weakness. He becomes your lack. He becomes your addiction. He becomes your depression. He becomes your frustration. And he even became it on the cross. So much so that God is I am, that he is the becoming one. That he sent his one and only son to become that thing for us on the cross so that we could have freedom. See, when God came down as the son of man on the cross, he set us free from everything that was shackling us. Just as the Egyptians were shackling the Israelites and they were in oppression, they were shackled by chains. God sent his son down and he broke those chains forever so that we could walk in freedom. And we need to trust in that God in every situation. So often we turn towards that and we act like the chains are still on when God says, no, I have broken that on the cross. Now walk in freedom and trust me. It's all about him. But number four, it starts with the response. See, part of this, part of Moses' journey is that he had to obey God. He had to listen to what God was saying, what God wanted to do through him. And he had to respond to God. He had to say, God, I trust you. I will not focus on my lack. I will not focus on the ability that I can't speak to people. I will not focus on the fact that I killed a man. I will not focus on the fact that I am unqualified, but I will focus on you. See, can we put up that psalm again, Psalm 9? It says this, those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Trust starts with seeking God. Trust starts with seeking who God is for you in every moment, what God the Father means for you and who he is. Trust begins when we relinquish our own ability to do things and that we say, God, You are everything for us in every moment. So tonight, what is is your response? As you go out in this week, I hope, and I hope that something has dropped inside every one of our hearts. What is your response? Is it just going to be the same? Is it just going to be the same when we get to work and when there's pressures at work and uh, there's a boss that you don't like and you just react the same way? Or do we trust God in that situation and what He wants for us? And what he is in that situation. When it comes to addiction, do we trust? Do we just fall back into addiction? Fall back into the same ways of doing things? Or 
time and time again? Or do we trust that God is in everything and that in Him there is freedom? So tonight is, what is your response? Who are you going to look to? Are you going to look towards yourself, your own lack? Or do we look to a great and glorious Father in heaven who is everything and brings you to freedom and spacious places? Can I pray for us?